and welcome to Active Architecture. This is episode one, and we are going to be discussing tonight Dollhouse episode, season one, episode one, Ghost. I'm Jen Geffinger. I'm Kevin Batchelder. And I'm Jay. And tonight we are going to start off with the way we saw Dollhouse begin originally, now that we've covered all the fun stuff. <laughs> Hopefully there's still a little fun stuff left to go. Oh, there's totally fun <laughs> stuff left to go. I'm just saying the fun stuff that we didn't get to see first. Now, um, we, now we get to go back and start off with kind of remembering what it was really like to see it in the beginning and all the anticipation. Yeah, I have to say, on first watch, I loved this episode. And I, and I know it's not the best episode of Dollhouse or anything like that. But I think it was just the idea of just, you know, finally seeing this product and having it on screen, Joss and Eliza. And uh, I just, I really enjoyed it the first time through. Oh, definitely. Well, before we jump into our awesome discussions, we do have a couple of housekeeping duties to take care of, including mentioning we do have a Facebook group now. Um, Kevin, I think you were the one that got that started. Yeah, we fired that up, uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, I think after we got our, uh, I don't remember which podcast it was, one of our first ones there, but, uh, you know, if you folks want to come by and talk uh, Dollhouse uh, and the podcast in general, membership is starting to grow, we, we, you know, throw out a little announcement just before we record in case you've got any thoughts specific to the episode coming up, if you want to share or just talk Dollhouse with some other big fans, uh, we'll have the link on our website at uh, Active Architecture. Uh, .net, remember we're .net folks um, or also if you go on uh, Facebook, I think if you search for Ar Active Architecture uh, it'll probably pop up there as a Facebook group too So, uh, whatever's the easiest method, just let us know we'll be glad to get you uh, approved in the group and uh, start talking with some uh, other big fans and friends of ours very cool and also, we are happy to announce tonight the winner of our Dollhouse Season 1 and 2 giveaway. And the lucky winner is Bob from Elliott City, Maryland. I'm sure by now you've already received your email confirmation, and we're very excited to send that out to you. And congratulations, Bob, and thanks to everybody who uh, actually sent in a contest entry. We had a lot more, I think, than we expected for our first go-around. So awesome, and thank you, guys. Yeah, it was very cool. Uh, I enjoyed that some folks even uh, put some comments in about, uh, you know, because we had the code word, the code phrase, man friend, <laughs> about some other ideas for other dollhouse phrases we could use. So we appreciate the creativity. <laughs> Mental note. All right. Do we want to jump into episode discussion? I think that gets us taken care of. So, all right, Jay. So you're all excited because it was the first time you're getting to watch some dollhouse. Take us back. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I mean, we had waited for this. Uh, obviously, it was a huge, huge buzz on the internet, and uh, just so excited to get these guys back. And Eliza Dushku and anything to me is gold. So um, <laughs> I was very excited <laughs> to have her back on television. And uh, you know, there's just a lot of love that I have for the show goes into the experience. And um, you know, there's there's not much else like it uh, that compares to the experience that I had with Dollhouse and the fandom and and things like that as the show aired. Yeah, that's oh. awesome. We were we were really really excited here. By that time, we had a um, pretty hefty group, uh, probably about five six people, which yeah, this is Montgomery, Alabama, so that's a hefty group. Um, <laughs> that were you know we'd kind of gotten the buzz around and gotten a whole bunch of folks excited about it. So 
literally from the first episode of Dollhouse to the last, which if some of you listen to the Dollhouse podcast, you probably know this already, but we had people over at our house every Friday night that Dollhouse aired to sit back and watch the episode. So it wasn't only just, you know, like me just sitting down in front of the TV to watch it, but it was also, you know, got to get together with a group of people and, you know, during commercial breaks, everybody's going, oh, what do you think about this? <laughs> this? Da, da, da. So it was, you know, it was so exciting to get to see Whedon on television and then also to get to, you know, share that experience with a bunch of people every week. I know it was interesting, too, because uh, Dollhouse was one of, uh, I don't remember exactly the other ones, but uh, the experiment that Fox did with the longer episodes and less commercial breaks. Yes. Oh, that's right. So we got like 50-minute episodes instead of 42. So, yeah, I, the, the whole idea of uh, being able to take a couple minutes during the commercial break and go crazy on Twitter or Facebook, you had to go real, real fast because <laughs> we didn't have many of them <laughs> in episodes. So, you know. Uh, certainly a good thing to have longer episodes, but it uh, kind of threw off the uh, ability to socialize during a show. Yeah, there was a uh, website that I used to go on, and they would do a live chat for every episode. And um, I can't remember the name of the website, but anyway, I remember going on there. I actually worked 3 to 11, so it was every other weekend you know, that I got to see it. I always had to watch it at work as well. So, you know, my poor patients, they, they got a little <laughs> neglected for the hour the dollhouse was on. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, when I was home, I would always, you know, be at the computer or with friends or whatever, you know, always just chatting what was going on in dollhouse. And it was, it was just a lot of fun. And again, just goes into how much love I have for the show. I'd completely forgotten about the commercial, the extended commercial breaks. I really hate that that only lasted. <laughs> yeah, I think they did that with uh, this and Sarah Connor Chronicles. Chronicles. That's right, yeah. yes. The two yeah. Friday night ones. Yep, thank you. I, I, that was alluding me exactly which other show it was. Yeah, I never yeah, watched of, that. It's fun but... when you go back to rewatch, like we're doing obviously here, but you pop them in and all of a sudden you go, oh, that's right, I got more than 42 <laughs> minutes for a change. It's like a little cherry on top bonus kind exactly, of thing. Exactly, a little added bonus. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it does work out, you know, in terms of total time to a couple more total episode lengths, actually, in a season, so. Yeah, and there was actually a lot of deleted scenes still for the episode, even with it being a longer episode. I remember, like, a whole storyline that was cut out of this episode um, that's on the DVD set, and, you know, even with the extra time, there was still a whole storyline that, that was cut out. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep, well, typical of Joss and, and pilots and, and anything he's actually writing and so forth, you know he's got a million ideas he wants to kind of... Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, I'm curious, did either of you also uh, listen to the audio commentary for this episode? I did not, no. I have before. I didn't before we did this, and I, I actually was just watching it, actually, this past hour. And um, I was thinking, crap, you know, I should have I watched the commentary too, how bad of a podcaster I am. But um, I have seen it before, but I, I did not watch it today. Yeah, we didn't we didn't get many commentaries on the season one set or not. You know, we would have loved to have a lot more. I mean, nowadays a lot of Sci-Fi Channel shows do them on almost every episode, which is wonderful. But but it was nice because it was Eliza and Joss. Um, but and, and this will not come as a surprise to any of you who've seen the series and all. But you know, Joss was talking quite a bit about how you know the network execs really told him you know repeat things you know you know totally exposition explain it again again and again. And he was talking a lot about how. Topher, especially in this episode, is spending a lot of time explaining the dolls and everything else. And Joss is like, I wanted to get on with it, but they made me have to explain it to people over and over. 
Yeah, I remember hearing that. You can see that now, kind of more in hindsight. You know, as I said in the um, last episode for Echo, you know, originally I was all about, this is the pilot, this is the pilot. And now watching it again back to back, I'm kind of like, okay, I do see the merits of the other one a little more. But there, I still have to say the best thing about it is not knowing that Lubov is Victor. And besides, how awesome is Enver? (laughs) <laughs> we would not have got the famous dollhouse scene in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> dollhouse, doll freaking out. <laughs> I just remember being confused by him because I'd seen the photos of him in doll costume, uh, you know, with Eliza and Deachin. And then to see him as Lou Bob, I just, I was like, did they change his character? Because I knew they had reshot the pilot. And I was just thinking, did they change his character or is he still a doll? So even seeing the photos and being spoiled, I was still a bit confused. So, so I agree. It worked well that they waited a little bit to kind of let that out. Now, I am interested to hear what you guys think uh, now that, you know, we've been through the whole thing. We know where it goes. What do you think about Boyd now? Well, the thing that, and this will come up a bit too, I think it's the Man on the Street episode that Justin on the commentary for. I mean, he said at that point, and this is, you know, five episodes ahead of here, that he felt that around that point that uh, Boyd had become, uh, what's the phrase? I'm forgetting the phrase, but basically like the emotional center of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's where the, the, the viewers and, and the, the show itself was very much the, the heartbeat around him, so to speak. So, you know, in terms of where we eventually ended up going, uh, I think we'll talk a little more about that. Certainly, we get near the end of the season two stuff. So, you know, what, what's the phrase? Uh, retro continuity, or <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think anything was necessarily contradicted, but I do think that he was clearly like the moral compass in this episode. Mm-hmm. And um, I think in episode two in the target that we'll talk about, I think it it actually fits and and makes it a makes you look at the episode very differently but here i don't know that it it works as well as it does with the target here i think he's just i don't know he's got this ex-cop background and and you're you're getting this whole boyd story and um you know it's kind of completely different from the story we get in the end so i don't i don't know how well i was thinking that as i watched it that i didn't i didn't know how well those two melded together but he's still i think you know Taking aside from where the character ends up going, though, I, yeah, I do definitely agree that he's. I know he was the character I instantly liked, in in uh, in the pilot, and just was instantly the one that you rooted for, because um, you didn't have a whole lot to choose from. Yeah, uh, <laughs> a movie. lot of moral characters in this show we have. <laughs> yeah. Even Paul, so much. I, you know, I wasn't even like you know jumping on the Paul bandwagon right away. It was kind of like okay, yeah, kind of FBI slacker dude. <laughs> No, but it's also nice too on on the retrospective aspect of things when we're watching uh, in in this rewatch specifically for for the podcast how we're getting the uh, boxing scenes mm-hmm. naturally intercut with him in the interview with his superiors you know basically talking about how you know he can't close he can't get anything done blah 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 but um, how they're talking about all that and and it's and his, his supervisors are basically telling him. Uh, very pointedly that, uh, you know, can you back off? You need to be able to back off, you know, what's going on, the fact he's gone too far with the whole uh, trying to find the dollhouse thing. And literally as he's saying, yes, I can, is when he, you know, cold cocks the guy in the ring, which is basically contradicting 
and part of what we're going to see going forward is he's going to be able to say one thing, but he's always going to be able to do and, and go with his heart a lot more than his head. Yeah, yeah. I think I enjoyed him a bit more in this episode. Again, I never really, like she said, jumped on the Paul bandwagon until actually season two. And um, so going back, I always, I always try to like Paul more and more. And as I rewatch the show, I really do. I really find things, you know, his perseverance and, and things like that that I do really enjoy. So um, that that's kind of a goal each time I watch Dollhouse is to try to like him a little bit more. And I actually really do like his character now. <laughs> Achievement unlocked. Exactly, exactly. I had to work at it a little bit, but but I'm making progress. <laughs> now, I do think I like, compared to the pilot, I, I know we kind of joked about that a little bit last time, and maybe there's a little bit of the girl squee side of me that just likes the whole, you know, shirtless kickboxing, kickboxing <laughs> scene. But I do like that juxtaposition that's going on there. And, you know, the kind of the literal becoming the metaphorical becoming the literal. Um, and it, I mean, it's just got Joss written all over it. And that, that really did kind of make me kind of look at Ballard in a different way, both originally and both now, I think even looking at him a little differently. Yeah. I thought the way they filmed that was, was cool as well. And I know Joss talked about it in the commentary a little bit that, yeah, I think he used some kind of handheld camera and the, you know, the quality was a little bit distorted and they ended up shooting, uh, you know, the fox with the fox cameras or whatever. They ended up shooting it like he shot it to match, you know, the the sort of uh, discoloration and things the way they used. And I, I, I like that aspect of it. Well, and and fairness too to balance the scales, you know, along with the the uh, shirtless Paul. We have to go back to the opening scene with the t-shirt. <laughs> I mean, dress. That yes, please. Wear. Yes, please. <laughs> Talk about an introduction to an excitement that it's a Joss show and all, and then within the first couple of minutes we get that, and I'm like, ooh, this is going to be really <laughs> interesting, and I'm watching it in high def, too. <laughs> nice. I, I was just thinking on my iTunes that I should have bought this in HD. Like, what was I thinking? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty funny in the commentary, too, when Joss is talking about, and here's Eliza in her shirt. I mean her dress. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so we're not the only ones who had the same thought. But, uh. Exactly. You always have to have Eliza dancing because she does it so well. See, in, in everything, and I think literally in every movie and TV show she's done, there's always at least one dancing scene. And I, I've, I've yet to complain. Nope. Is that the, the Travolta syndrome? Isn't it they always say when Travolta dances in a movie, it does well? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but now speaking about that scene, and I'm I'm sure I'm getting maybe a little too too anal here, and it was the first episode in the pilot. But thinking back on the whole series, it's interesting how when she's out with uh, oh goodness, I'm blanking on his name there because he comes back a few times. Uh, Matt, Matt, Matt. yeah, yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden, she just like walks away to go to the van. She's not like we don't have a handler asking for if she'd like a treatment. I mean. Isn't almost every other time at a case of where it's a handler or someone, quote, getting them to come back? Do the dolls just on their own go back? You know, I was thinking about this as I watched it because there was there were a lot of questions. I remember uh, when I first watched it about certain episodes of, you know, they put them in this imprint chair and then they're, you know, is with Melly especially as it, it'll come up. You know, they imprint her as Melly and they still have to get her out of the dollhouse and into Melly's apartment. And, and how does she not remember 
that she just walked out of the dollhouse and just walked out of all these people's lives that she was supposed to be helping somebody find. And, and I think this episode, I think I really like this episode and the fact that it's almost like there's a starting point and a stopping point with the actives. And, and it's like Topher imprints and that's part of their imprint, or this is my take on it, is that that's part of their imprint and they know when to start and they know when to stop with, with or without a handler. I know sometimes echo glitches and, you know, it gets a little confused, but um, I, I think, I think that was the only way that I could really explain it to, to someone who, who was curious about why that is. I don't know if you guys have a better explanation or, or what do you guys think? Well, and I do remember, and I don't ask me what episode or if I'm just making this up, which is highly possible. Um, but I seem to recall something at one point where it's like when, when the mission's over, they're going to have this overwhelming urge for a treatment. Like, I mean, I think after that, they made it a trope where it's, it's, you know, a thing where they have to say, are you ready for a treatment? Okay, cool. Let's go. But I, I just seem to remember that. And maybe that was that an echo, but it, I just seem to get that impression that there was some point that during the, during their, engagement um i almost said mission i'm like oh wait no adele said that. <laughs> exactly she'll scold <laughs> these <laughs> don't make adele mad um, <laughs> stay on target stay on target <laughs> um but uh yeah that um uh, it, it, there there seemed to be that like i think what you said jay that kind of that switch where it's like okay gotta go now but no i i don't think we ever really saw that again and i th- i wonder if that's one of those things that may have been a network note like hey that's not really clear mm-hmm. y- you know you really need that person to say yeah oh, that's good yeah, yeah. Dump, let's go yeah. no it's just maybe because i got so used to it too it just in this one i'm like hmm i don't remember it you know she got this look on her face like i need to be somewhere else and just <laughs> wandered off and i'm yeah it definitely is the only time you'll see it that blatant <laughs> <laughs> And Matt seemed to be completely expecting it, too. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he kind of knew since it was engagement, it was going to be ending anyway. But, yeah. I Yeah. And obviously, this isn't his first or last engagement with her, so. No. Nope. Not at all. But, yeah. I felt bad when he met his untimely end, but we'll get to that in a few months. I uh, really enjoyed the character, even though I know he's, you know, not, obviously not the, the most moral of characters. But I like the actor as well. I've seen him in quite a few television shows. So, I guess that probably went into Went, went into the mix a little bit. Mm-hmm. But even, even though, uh, you know, Joss jokingly complained about how much he had to just do the exposition to explain the dollhouse, I did enjoy as we were watching Topher, especially after the, shall we say, the break-in scene for Sierra that uh, Echo walks into. But afterwards, when, when he's really talking about how the, uh, you know, the personalities aren't like a greatest hits, you know, you've got to take real parts from here and how, in this case, uh, you know, Miss Penn was needed glasses and had asthma and all those other things. So you, they are really setting the framework for you to start the discussion of that. It's not just a case of getting you know uh, Superman or Superwoman every time into a uh, into a wedge. You've got to make these real people, and therefore they're going to have real flaws. Absolutely, I think that was my favorite scene of the episode. You know, that achievement is balanced by fault. And, exactly. and, you know, everyone excels because they're overcompensating. I thought that whole speech and, and everything about that scene worked really well. Again, just as the same, uh, not quite as good as the arch scene from the, from the first one, but, but I mean, almost as good and, and definitely the best scene for me in the episode. And again, I did like, uh, one of the things that I do like about Ghost over Echo is getting the introduction of Sierra. 
especially knowing later where, you know, how she got there. Um, but I think getting, it almost seems that having Echo see her becoming Sierra per se, um, I think is almost what kind of cements their bond. And I think is what makes Echo re- react to her so differently than she does every other doll. Cause it's the only doll she's ever seen being created. Uh, I really enjoyed their friendship throughout the series. And I know they, they don't have a ton of, you know, solo scenes together, but, um, you know, especially in stage fright, it, I, I really enjoyed that episode or at least their relationship in that episode and watching that grow in, into, you know, an alliance within the dollhouse. And so, um, I, I definitely agree that getting a little bit more backstory, even with as small of scenes as she had in this episode, I think it worked really well for where they took her. Well, you know what's interesting too on the rewatch, and I, and I remember it on the first time having seen this episode, is two thirds, three quarters into the episode. By by that point, we've got a kind of got this clue about how the dolls are. I want to say created, but how the dolls are acting, and and how this isn't just someone, you know, making it up or or playing a part. And I'm I'm processing that, and I'm kind of understanding, or at least this was me talking to myself at that point. Um, through Eliza, and then when at the very end we have, uh, I think as Joss calls her in the commentary, you know, Terminator Sierra come in, <laughs> blow the guy away. Is when when I'm starting to go, oh, oh, okay, so we can have multiple dolls, and they they you know set them up to fit the need. In this case, it's actually they they program their own doll to help themselves out in a situation. That's when it started. My wheel started turning a little more. This wasn't just one guy saying, I need a negotiator or you know, a, a make-believe wife, whatever. They, the dollhouse could actually be programming people for their own means. That's when I was at, ooh, this could get very gray moral <laughs> area. And it definitely does. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you could tell that Joss was, even in this episode, he was still pushing against the network almost, you know, as they wanted, I'm sure, a more episodic episode that that was, you know, much more contained, that, you know, he was adding in these little layers as he does, uh, uh, just to make it that much better. Yeah, I remember talking a lot, uh, and I think it came up certainly in a lot of your discussions too on the Dollhouse podcast, Jen, was was how much, especially very early on, maybe the first four or five until we got to Man on the Street, how much the, the B storyline was much more interesting than the A storyline because we wanted to have these little nuggets of uh, right. Dollhouse things rather than worrying about the you know, the kidnapping or the the, the singer or whatever it might be, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of that had to do at the time, too, with it was so new. We wanted to know more about how the dollhouse works and what, you know, what, what what's making this come together and who's behind this and um, whatnot. Uh, and I'm kind of tangenty here a second. There were two things um, before we get too far further into the episode in that opening scene with um, Adele and Caroline. And nothing is what it appears to be. Um, and Echo makes that, or Caroline, makes that comment. I, and I didn't write down the exact quote, but some, I was oh, just oh, trying. I got it. I have oh, you, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> the slate. Actions have consequences <laughs> is what comes out of Caroline's mouth. I mean, talk about the setting up the entire series. And then Adele says, what if they didn't? Didn't. Yeah. 
there's that. That's, but when, you're, that's when you're also, crossing that moral that moral line, as Adele will do many times. <laughs> right, right. But no, there was actually something Caroline said about something. About, I was just trying to do what she said, or I was just trying to take my oh, place yeah. in the world. Yeah, yeah, just, just like to make she her said, proud or something. Yeah, yeah, and we never got that, did we? No. Yeah, at the end of the episode, when you see Caroline talking on the video, she mentions a professor at the college who she she basically says the same thing in the video. You know, take her place in the world, like Mrs. I forget who the name of the woman was, but like she always said. So they they did um, reiterate that toward the end. See, and I've never caught that because I was so focused on the. Who's the bloody naked guy on the table? <laughs> your your mind immediately goes there, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and there's a funny story behind that, too, because um, I, for whatever reason, and I know everybody has told me that that is not Alan Tudyk mm-hmm. sitting on the table. But I want you to know that when it came up, and there's this one kind of angled profile shot that it looked like Alan Tudyk's nose. And I went, <laughs> oh, crap, Alan Tudyk's going to be alpha. At the at the end of that first episode, really? and Kurt looked at me like I was crazy, and I said, "Oh, just wait, you wait, wait, you and see, wait, you and see." <laughs> and then, you know, then we heard that Alan Tudyk was going to be involved in it, and then, you know, he had this big role in the last couple episodes, and I'm like, "Hey!" <laughs> and then, you know, I think it was Pavlich that was like, "That wasn't even him." I'm like, "I don't care. It was his nose." <laughs> you were still right, no matter what. You were right. <laughs> See, Joss was trying to get a double. He knew who he wanted for the role, and he was trying to get a face double. (laughs) I just remember Alan complaining because the guy was in such good shape. And I just remember him complaining that that Joss set this bar for him that he couldn't attain, that he couldn't reach. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Yeah, I must at, at that point, though, I don't think I had put two and two together that that guy was Alpha. Because we'd only had, you know, what, Adele giving uh, Dominic the file or something. I mean, we hadn't really learned about what Alpha was at this point yet. See, I make too many assumptions. I was like, that's Alpha and that's Caroline's parents. And I still have yeah. no idea if that was Caroline's parents. But that that was immediately where my mind went, was Alpha and Caroline's parents for some yeah. reason. I have no idea. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I was, I, myself, I hadn't. I I tend to jump the gun on a lot of things, though. I tend to be wrong a lot. I just, I'm like, hey, I saw Alan Tudyk and somebody that wasn't Alan Tudyk. So I <laughs> exactly. So we understand each other. <laughs> no, but I did, uh, even though I got the quote wrong, I did want to bring up that very early sequence of, of Caroline saying the, you know, the actions have consequences and Adele playing the what if they didn't. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, it, to me, that's setting up so much more of where Adele is going to go. I mean, every time something needs to be done. And it happened a little bit in this episode with the whole Boyd coming in and lobbying her to, you know, stand behind how she says, you know, they're, they're helping people. Mm-hmm. But this whole thing about Adele being able to take the situation, and whether it's through a doll or just a spin, that she's always able to make it look like, uh, you know, oops, uh, reset button. We can fix things. We can fix anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she makes a comment, and I, I can't pinpoint the episode right now, but she makes a comment one day in one of the episodes about um, playing the hand you're dealt. It doesn't, you know, something about it. It's not always, uh, you know, how you get the hand. It's playing the hand that you're dealt. And <laughs> I think that's reiterated, as she always does that. It may not be the way you would think, 
it should be done or the way it could have been done, but it's the way Adele is going to do it. That was exactly what I was going to bring up is that <laughs> conversation between Adele and Dominic in the elevator. And she said, you know, it's not about the hands you get. It's about, you know, how you play it. And mm -hmm. yeah, very, very much Adele. And I loved to watch uh, Dominic and Boyd bicker. And then Adele just say, shut up. Here's what we're going to do. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, you know, they're, they're the ones fighting and she just solves it all. She's just like, I don't care what you say. Here's what we're doing. That's why I was afraid of her. <laughs> and that's why yes. I loved her. <laughs> yes, very decisive. She will, she'll listen to anybody, but uh, that doesn't mean she'll actually take what they have to say seriously. Yeah, no, that was, that was pretty, it was pretty cool. I mean, with the, 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 shall we say, the engagement of the week, uh, the whole kidnapping and uh you know miss pen and all that went on there i mean that that was that was decent i didn't think it was bad in that uh, sense i know some people uh like to pick on the whole idea of why someone with that much money would would want a doll to be the negotiator but you know yeah you know let's let's stretch a bit here and and go with it i didn't think it was that far out of uh, the realm of possibility but, you know, you know, I could see that, though, with someone who is that rich is going to go. I mean, imagine there's this exclusive place that only these people can use. Only, you know, a handful of people in the world can actually use these services. I mean, I, I could see them wanting to use that. And, and uh, you know, they're they're the elite and, and they they're not going to go to some Joe Schmo that anybody can use. You know, they're not going to go to the FBI that anybody can walk in and say, hey, help me find my kid. You know, I mean, I could see them forking over that money for, you know, the use of, of something like the dollhouse. It is still far-fetched, but, but my brain can go there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like, you know, while well, the storyline, you know, that may be easy to plot wholly kind of, yeah. But what I do like about it is the fact that we get to see from Topher how Ellie Penn was was built and that she has those faults. I mean, we've already kind of talked about that, but I liked that it, it showed the viewer right off the bat that these aren't just cookie cutter personalities. There's an entire life and history built into these, um, the, the uh, personalities that can actually come back to really, really haunt them and negatively affect them, especially when you happen to use a personality of somebody who was attacked as a child. And what happens when they run into the person that, you know, kidnapped them and held them hostage and did really, really horrible things to them. Um, so how does it, how does that person who never had to deal with that situation, how does that happen now? Yeah. And interesting to see that Ellie is able, Ellie as Echo, or Echo as Ellie is able to overcome it and face him where we realize that the real Eleanor Penn never was and ended up killing herself. I think that's a really good way to put it. Um, I agree. I think it was good that we didn't, I know Sierra was kind of that Terminator, you know, robot type, but I'm glad that we didn't get Echo, you know, our lead character as something like that in the first episode. I mean, it's very cool to watch her in episodes like Man on the Street, Kick Ass and things like that. I mean, that's awesome. But I, I agree. I, I like that they gave us this flawed character to begin with and really showed you how each cog of the active work and, and how Topher made these people. And, and again, going back to that achievement is balanced by fault. And, and I think you put it perfectly when you said Echo was the one who was able to overcome that. 
and even though Eleanor Penn never could. And so I, I think that uh, that was a very good way to put it. Well, that's why we we saw really that uh, the, or at least I did too, that the imprints weren't self-contained. This is when the echo can bleed over into the imprint. This is starting the foundation of it's not a complete wipe like Topher is always saying it is and that we're going to have some of this possibility going forward. Uh, maybe it is just Echo who can do it, but again, it's not uh, like we've seen in many other TV shows and movies, the whole idea of you know a robot or a Terminator or something that is, like you were saying, Jay, it's a true person. So uh, how can you totally extract that when the engagement is over. There's got to be something that's going to bleed to somewhere else in the brain that, that's going to start building who we become you know, attached to. It takes quite a while, but the whole idea of, of uh, you know, who or what makes up Echo. Absolutely, and I thought Eliza, I actually thought she did really well in the role. Um, I thought she changed enough of herself to, to make it work, and, and I really enjoyed her as Eleanor Penn. Oh, uh, Ms. Penn is fun. <laughs> <laughs> and and I love in future episodes, uh, again, because this series was so short, it was almost like this self-contained miniseries. And I, I can clearly see the scene in season two when, when Echo and Boyd are going to look after Victor's been taken, you know, once he was released from the dollhouse. And, and she's talking about, you know, Roma Clark from season two, episode one, and Eleanor Penn from, you know, season one, episode one. You know, they're duking it out in the back of her head trying to figure out, you know, who gets to solve it. And I, I just love those little, uh, the, just those little details in the show that it was so short that we got all these little self-contained things and, and they constantly reminded you of previous episodes, even you know, as far back as the first episode of the, you know, the series. And uh, that was another thing that I really enjoyed when I was watching it. And every rewatch, catching something more. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I will say the thing I caught this time, and I, it, you all know, call shenanigans on me if you want. Um, but I was thinking ahead to, um, and I'm sure it's the next episode, when Paul and the FBI are, um, you know, f they found this hideout and that there was a big shootout there. And, um I believe Paul says something about, yeah, the little girl says something about the pretty lady with the glasses. And when I was, it, it struck me that she, the glasses got knocked off of her before she ever saw the little girl. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was like, hmm, how does the little girl know she had glasses? Hmm. Oh, I never caught that. I, <laughs> never. It was just one of those things when she got hit, I was like, hmm, okay. Because the glasses are still there when they go. And the FBI's in there, taking um, apart the house. The only thing I could possibly think to argue against that is that she saw her on the docks. That's the only thing, and, and even that's, well, that's uh, possible. Yeah. yeah, even that's a bit of a stretch, though. I completely, I completely, I've never thought about that, but I completely get what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. I hadn't, hadn't thought about that particular one. That's my only snafu. <laughs> yeah, I, I did think the the whole this was this was the actual guy that that did this to her was a little far fetched. But other than that, I have I have no real issues with the episode. I think it was a it was a solid go. They they explained what they needed to explain. They definitely amped up you know the sexual aspect of it and the whole alias feel. I think to the episode, but um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. 
And I agree. The, I think that the areas that are a little easier to poke holes into, um, like, you know, running into the guy that just happened to kidnap this one personality that, you know, yeah, it, it, all the far-fetched aspects to it are pretty far-fetched, but what they come together to actually show you about Dollhouse, about Echo, and about the imprints, I think it makes it worth it. I think it's easier to, a little easier to overlook it. Absolutely, especially knowing where the series goes and the fact that you've fallen in love with these characters over the two seasons. I think that helps as well when you go back and watch it and, mm-hmm. you know, finding those little layers. And another thing I really did like was um, if you watch at the end of the episode when they all go into the pods, that you'll notice that Inver is with the group so that you could easily see him. Was um, it? Okay. Yes, as they go. I had that argument. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's he's clearly seen in going into the pods with the rest of the group. Oh, see, I didn't I didn't even notice that. Good. Yeah, Good it's eye. it's actually the same scene that they use at on the last episode Omega when she goes into the pod, and um, it's actually the same scene they use in Echo, the unaired pilot, at the end. Um, but yeah, when she goes into the pod and says Caroline, it's all it's all the same scene, and that's I think why he was in the group was the fact that it was supposed to be used for another episode where you already knew he was a doll, and then in this one they just kind of reused the footage. Mm, yeah, okay. that is so funny because literally we were watching it last night, and Kurt goes, "That's Victor going to the pod." I was like, "Nah, I wouldn't do that." <laughs> so we rewound it, and we were like, <laughs> "It is, it is, it is Victor." Okay, he will be happy. I will give him that one. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was about all the notes I had, unless you guys had some other points to yeah. talk out. Yeah, I think that was about it for the episode. Yeah. Excellent. Well, hopefully you folks enjoyed that. Uh, as we said, uh, you know, we, we're looking forward now that we get things ramping up and going here to getting uh, the community aspect going, get your involvement to uh, as Jen mentioned at the beginning, the Facebook group on uh, uh, is growing, and we'd love you to have come by and talk about the episodes. We can also drop us an email at our uh, email address, which is uh, activearchitecture at uh, gmail.com. Uh, we've also got a Twitter account, you know, post up about the episodes, and we've had a few of you, which we appreciate. Tell, uh, tell us how much you're enjoying the first couple of episodes. So that's at uh, Dolls Active on Twitter if you want to send us some thoughts or questions or, you know, agree or disagree with some of our points or some thoughts to discuss in the future. It's the fun aspect of this, you know, naturally why Jen and uh, Jay and I are doing it is for the community side, so we'd really appreciate it if you folks got involved, too. We want to hear from you. I promise that's the last time. <laughs> <laughs> it's tradition. <laughs> Even if it's not ours. <laughs> You're a part, so we can carry yeah. it over. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will be back next time to talk about Season 1, Episode 2, The Target. Take care, gang. Bye.
wanna pick it up like a car. I'm a hit it, I'm beating the black sun to it until tomorrow, yeah. Oh. I- 